Last time... A huge black dragon attacks the town of Westman. Our heroes help lead the townsfolk to nearby ruins that the town uses as shelters. While in the shelter, the gang explores deeper and discovers even older ruins that are magically opened up by Dave's mace. Inside Mimi and Galaxy, each friend one magical item that will help them in battle. Deeper still in the ruins, they find metal hallways and doors that are open in electric keypads. They find a very old vampire frozen in, t- in time in one room. And in another, they find another vampire that is definitely not frozen. Defeating the vampire causes a floating platform to come out of the floor. The three more vampires appear. The gang's new dragonborn friend, Jed, sacrifices himself so that the others can get onto the platform. As Jed slashes out the vampires, a blinking light involves envelops the group and they then appear in the another room surrounded by 30 armed soldiers in school i had a teacher named gandalf needless to say i did not pass but you should be prepared to pass on to dungeons and dragons and daughters All right, welcome, Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters. Welcome, <laughs> We got Matt Lane back with us. Woot, Matt Lane. He's the he's going to be our bookend for today because today's episode is going to be the last episode of our in the beginning arc. So this is the beginning setup that I had for this story. This is where I wanted to establish. The characters get the world a little bit of established as well. We're going to flush that out and have more details as we as we go along. But there's going to be some yeah. new stuff that we get introduced in here. And a new monster. The, well, there, yeah, there's always going to be a monster. There's going to be a very weird monster. Okay, so last Lots time, Jed, um, we fighted like vampires and Jed was with us and then... Jared said go because there's three other vampires. I know, and he vampires. held off. The, he barely defeated the one vampire, and then he held off the other three while you got away, right? Yeah, so I've been nice. Watching it on, I've been watching it on YouTube. Um, Good, job. Good job. Okay, so one of the things that I told myself I would never do with this episode is give big like story monologues of events that didn't actually involve any of the player characters, but... This is episode five, and I'm already breaking with that. So there's a monologue that I want to read here. So it's a little bit of a description of an event that is happening in the world that you don't know about, but I think it adds to the story, and it adds for the listeners and, and watchers at home um, for, the, for the entertainment value and keep the story moving along. So if you don't mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that to you. All right? I don't mind We at are all. listening. Okay. <clears throat> Off the southern coast of Miam, the capital city of the human kingdom, the Commonwealth, there is a small island that can be seen gleaming in the distance. All the fishermen and locals of Miam know to keep their distance away from this island. It is dangerous, mysterious, and thought-provoking, with the latter two being outweighed by the former. 
Everyone knows that inevitable and immediate death comes to those that don't belong there, or even to those that don't belong too close to there. Everyone knows this, but not a small pride of Griffin's on the hunt. Game has been sparse the last couple of days, and hunger has driven them to look for new hunting grounds. Perhaps if they had been able to live in the area a little longer, they would have seen or heard what happens on this island. Where the fishermen keep their distance, where the curious do not dare, and even where most of the wildlife has, has learned to give a wide berth, three griffins dive down towards the coast of a rocky and shiny island. Large metal towers dot the stone-covered shores. Gleaming towers with a shine that hasn't been seen in the world for millennia point defiantly up at the sky. No flags on these towers, however, only a mechanical disc that seems to hover just above the metal surface. As if spotting the griffins, the discs on two of the towers stop spinning and large panels fly open with a squeal and whirring of machinery. Metal tubes, dis metal tubes twice the length of a horse cart unfold and swing out, pointing their hollow ends at the descending griffins. Most folks would recognize these machines as defensive measures, but in this world, most think they were pipes, ready to spray oil or boiling water down on the intruders. If you were a tinker gnome from the southern part of the Red Forge Kingdom, you would immediately recognize these as guns, and you would long to study them and discover their secrets. If you were from another world, altogether, you might recognize them as gigantic machine guns, but the likes of which more advanced and impossibly more deadly than anything you've ever seen. Rapid fire thunder explodes from the towers and rolls over the island, rocks and waves below. The griffins don't hear the thunder. You see, the explosions from the guns come a great deal slower than the blue energy bolts streaking towards the flying pride. The guns fold back into their towers while the griffins are still in the air, but again, that's only because the feathers and chunks of meat that is left from their bodies travels much slower than the bolts that were fired at them and the griffin's remains have yet to hit the salty water below. This island, as all the locals know, is the island of Atlantis, and you are not welcome here. So what does that all mean? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening. So in, in this world, there is an island of Atlantis that's, that's off the coast uh, near the human... Fisherman, stay back from yep. it. It's a dangerous island, so it's just, it's just a... Just a Paint the picture of this world a little bit more. Just give a little bit more detail. Yeah. So and it's a little bit of foreshadowing because we could encounter Atlanteans. We could encounter the people or creatures that, that are on that island. Or maybe perhaps we have to go there at some point in time. So Excuse we me. left off at a cliffhanger. So Mimi, Galaxy, and Dave, you guys got transported to another room through this mysterious floating platform in the old ancient ruins that we were in. I and did not hear anything. <laughs> because I you, because you were not paying attention or can you not hear me? Well, because I was off to my own mind. Oh, because you weren't paying attention. That's Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. As long as the other people are hurting. That's right. <laughs> off. I broke three yeah, times so that far. Yeah, I it like, lifts us up and, like, through a hole in the ceiling or something. Um, the, or just to another higher level in the same big room, or is it? Or well, Can no. It, well, to me? see, that's the thing you don't know is that so, yeah. So the thing it raised up out of the ground, yep. and you guys, the last thing you saw before the you got blinded by the the white light was Jed fighting off three vampires and keeping them away from you as you were on this platform. So did Jed die? No, 
Well, you didn't well, we, see we it. We don't know. The he last... was fighting three vampires. We didn't see if he died or not. Yeah, so it's the odds are probably not good because the three of you barely was able to take on one vampire. And so now it's three vampires versus just Jed. So it did not look good for him, but you did not see him die. But I'm so there's scared. always hope. There's always hope. There's always hope. I'm really sad for him. So in, in science fiction and fantasy, no one really ever dies. There's, there's always a way for them to come back. Wait, did we defeat the dragon yet? No, we didn't. No one has even touched the dragon. Nope. We are no match for a dragon. No, there are, there are lots of there are lots of loose threads right now that we're going to try and get get tied up. Phew. Or at least yeah. we'll we'll address them. So the three of you are now in a new room that looks similar to the one that you were in before, but it's it looks way older. It's way run down. It's the there's no metal that you can see anywhere other than the circular platform that, that you're on. But we were on. surrounded by people. That's right. You are surrounded by people. You are now in a room that's mostly of stone and dirt and dust. And you are surrounded by 30 people. And it's people and, and, it's, and it's made up of people, of elves, of dwarves. And you even see gnomes in the group. And they all jump to their feet startled when you appear in front of them. And they draw their weapons, and they have them all pointed at you right now. We mean you no harm. I ha- She has some harm. And a man walks forward. And he is... He's a, he's a tall man. He's, he's blonde, blue-haired. Um, he looks to be a little on the older side. He's probably... He's in his 40s. He's wrinkled, but he looks like he's in incredibly good shape. And his, But his clothing and the armor that he's wearing is unlike anything that you've you've ever seen before. It's like you you've never seen a hu- he's human, but you've never seen a human wear armor like this before. You never seen it doesn't appear to be elvish or dwarvish or, or anything. And he comes up and I've been trying to work on a on a voice for 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 this guy. Um so you'll have to bear with me as as I work through this cuz I'm terrible at accents. <laughs> and 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 I'm also cuz he, he's supposed to be a gruff military type officer type of guy. So it has been difficult for me to like come up with dialogue for this character without a good bit of swearing I, in there. <laughs> I don't say blah, blah, blah. You gotta come up with those fake swear words. Right, right. So like like kick butt. Yeah. And what are you scuzz buckets doing? And who the heck What's do you think that? you are? What's your grimy problem? Right, right. So, the, so this guy walks up and uh, he, puts a, he puts his hand on his hip as he looks at the three of you and everyone else in the room has got their, their swords, their spears, and and there's muskets, although your characters probably don't know what those are. But there's some of the people in the room. They've got they've got muskets. Yeah, a musket. A musket. It's an old style gun, and it, and it only fired one shot. And then you had to then pour some powder and other stuff into it, and then you had to put the bullet in it, and tamp then tamp it all down. Tamp it all down and prepare it, and then you could fire it again. All right, what do we got here? Who the heck are you three? Um. And how the heck did you get into the middle of our camp? Well, I'm Mimi, this is Galaxy, and this is Dave. Um, and hello, we under Hi. under us are vampires and Vamp you're a vampire? No, no. we are not vampires. <laughs> I am a priest of mission. And that's when I'm you elf. look over and the head of the vampire that you had killed bursts into flames. 
because now because um, I described last time that in this room the, the the room has actually got a big huge hole in it and there's sunlight that's coming through oh, and so there's dust and it. wind that's coming through and the the head got hit by the sunlight and and burst into flames. To, we just killed that vampire. To emphasize your story and further support <laughs> it. So when that bursts in the flames, there's a couple of guys that jump back and just, ah. Well, they that- flinched. Well, those are vamp. That's the vampire head that we killed. I I can see that. Um. Hmm. So, but. So you're not vampires. No. No, sir. All right. Well, it's, it's sunlight out too. And thank Mr. Call for that. I would have pointy teeth. Mr. Call, I want you. I want you to roll, um, Matt, as Dave. Um, roll a perception check. So I got a seven. Congratulations. Okay. All right. So you, you you don't notice anything off I'm of that roll. There's there's something in particular. But my wisdom is fifteen, so I don't. Oh, because I have to get above. Wait, that doesn't make sense. No, no. The um. So there's this difficulty class. There's this DC mechanic that I determine. Oh, gotcha. And so I have a certain level that you need to roll above. That makes sense. Yep. Okay. Um. All right. So I do not perceive anything. You didn't perceive the particular thing that I wanted you to roll that for. So, um. So this man says, well. Hold on, I got some questions for you first. So how about we have ourselves a little chat, and then you can get to know me. Um, first, can you tell us your name? My name is Ian. And I do want to point out, so this is the character, Ian, um, that I named... Is this Southern? This NPC is... He's Southern? I'm, tr- I'm trying to do a Southern accent. Yeah. It's not bad. And I've yeah. heard worse ones on TV. <laughs> like the actress who plays Beth on The Walking Dead, your southern accent is way better than well, hers. And, and, and I'm not trying to do like like a tr- like a real deep south accent. I'm thinking something like that. Uh, like a like a like almost like a Tennessee or Virginia yeah. southern accent. Kind of like yeah. the Appalachia. Yeah. 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 Well, like I can do a Texas accent. <laughs> Ew. You got some. You and Donna Jogo. We go with it. <laughs> That's your I've been down reason. south a few times myself, <laughs> down Texas way, myself. You know, I'm just been to Georgia as well. To all those peach. So, are we, are we going to be doing character voices no, this episode? No, no. Is that is that what's happening right Maybe. now? And everyone's from the south. Hi, I'm Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I weigh forty pounds. Hi, my name is Dave. I'm adorable. What, what if Dave was just a deaf singer, a deaf metal singer? <laughs> I worship musical. Uh, you, you couldn't keep that voice going no for the entire episode, no could you? No. My name is Galaxy. Oh, God, no. 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 I'm done. No. I could keep this voice because I can see me. All right, end, end of show. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I would, I would do the world a favor and cancel the show <laughs> and delete all the episodes if that was your character voice. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Real voice, bad. would you throw me off the edge of the world? No, I wouldn't do that because you're my daughter and I love you. Oh, thank but you. But your character voice was atrocious. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy! Hi, I'm okay. Mimi. Sometimes I get a little drunk. <laughs> <laughs> she d- Mimi does like the whiskey. Ah. So, oh, right. So, Ian, he is uh, named him after... Um, after someone that I met on Twitter that's a fan of our show. I think he's a number cool. one fan of Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters. And oh, yeah. the questions that he's had and the support and the, the following that he's been doing, um well, wanted to hi. give him a little bit of reward of hi, naming Ian. an NPC after him. So hi, Ian. And Ian. if you guys become our number one fan, you'll get your name right in the 
the game, I think. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, if we get a lot of other uh, supporters that support and follow us as much as Ian has, then yeah, there's definitely a chance we can name more NPCs after more people. So Ian says, um, all right, so I got some questions for you. But I kind of don't like doing it right here in the middle of the camp, surrounded by my men. So he looks around and is like, boys, you can you can lower the weapons. They're not, they're not demons. They're not conjured evil creatures that are out to kill us. Are you? Nope. No, sir. Not at all. All right. That's good news. That's a good deal. We kill people, though. No, we don't. No, we don't kill people. <laughs> We've killed goblins and kobolds. Yeah, yeah. Vampires. We have never killed any people. I was, I was going to say, what what sort of people have you killed? He just Goblins said it. and kobolds and vampires. He just that's said good. It. That's good to know. So it sounds like that uh, the three of you are, are enemies of, of evil creatures as well. As yep. I said, I serve Mishikal. And that's, that's, that's good to see because uh, we've got a couple of devotees in our unit. They really? Would, they would be really happy to, to have a priest among us. I would love us. to meet them. Well, maybe you can give us a sermon later. Um, it would be my pleasure. And yeah, we, it's, yeah, it's an honor to have a priest. It's one of the reasons why I haven't asked uh, to take away your weapons because ah. it's, uh, you know, having that mace there, that's, uh, that's, that's a pretty good sign of... Uh, of your worthiness and uh, and trustworthiness, so we're we're gonna we're gonna let this slide for now. No one will take my wand. Well, all right, but no just, one's trying to. Just make sure that you stay on good behavior. Otherwise, we might have some words. Only with evil. All right. So, Rusty, show uh, show the three of them over to uh, to that uh, that secured area that uh, that we just discovered. So, this dwarf comes walking over and. Um, He's a dirty, dirty dwarf, but not not like he's filthy. But it just looks like he's he's had some like black paint or black dirt applied to applied to his face. Is he silly No, he is one of the the sourest, direst looking is dwarves he, you've ever seen. Is, is he voice? Is that no, no, no I no he hasn't he hasn't said anything yet. Uh, he comes up, all right, boss. I'll take him. Follow me. Oh, no, so, hey, Rusty, let me ask you a question. Yeah, you got any uh, ale or whiskey around here? Yeah, well, uh, share we, some whiskey. We got we got some ale for for the troops. So uh, if you're if you're thinking about signing up, then uh, maybe we can quench that thirst of yours. So if I sign up, well, I, well, I maybe you, you got he's you got not signing up. You got you got to talk to Ian about that. But he's not so Rust. So let me finish describing. So Rusty yeah, is is a dwarf, and he's wearing all thick black leather um, armor, and he's almost he's got like a dagger just hidden just about about everywhere. Um, so he is, and he seems to to move with more of a cat like grace than you've ever seen on a dwarf before. So he's a dwarf sort of rogue type spy assassin type of character. He's got jet black hair big black beard that he's got tied into a real tight um, braided knot that goes down to the middle of his chest. So he leads you away from, from the 30 men. Um, 30 men and women, I should say. So the, the, yeah. the, this company of people is, um, it's, it's a poster of diversity. So there's humans, there's elves, there's dwarves, there's gnomes, and there's men and women of, of both. Is there um, anyone here that's 200? One of the elves raises their hands like, I'm 300. 300 what? 300 years old. Wow. 
So dwarves look to be pretty old too. As an elf? They, they do. Not as old as not as old not as, as elves. elves, right? Yep. Sam is pr- pretty young. I'm right. 75, which is 14 in elf. Yeah, so you'd be you're pretty darn young for for an elf. Rusty leads you away from the group down a stone hallway. So this, I want everyone to roll a insight check. Seven. That's with my add-on. Getting the bad rolls out of the way early. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I got a nine. Birdie, what'd you get? Seven. Seven. Okay, no one did great. So Rusty leads you down this hall in in these ruins. And these ruins look very, very different compared to the ruins that you were in with Jed before. They feel different. The air is drier. It's hotter compared to where you were before. Um, and this room, with part of it being collapsed, that, or the, the room that you got let out of that all the 30 men were in, part of that room was collapsed. And women. And, and women. The 30 men and women. Part of that room is collapsed. 30 people. The room with the thirty people in it. Fifteen girls and fifteen. You never specified that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't say that it was equally men and women. I know. So, but that room. There's nine hundred. Part of that room was collapsed, mm-hmm. and it was actually exposed to the outside air, and it had sunlight coming in. So it's like where you're at right now seems very, very different compared to the ruins that you were in with the vampire and Jed before. So Rusty, the dwarf, leads you back down a hall that's got torches up on the walls. And he leads you into a supposed dead end. So this is a room that there's no any distinguishing features in, but it's it's all stonework, but it's weathered stonework. It looks like it's been it's been beat up over time by wind and sand over the years. But the reason he brought you back here is because there's no other way out. Um, and all right, you gotta stay here. Ian's gonna come in and he's gonna do some questioning with you. All right. And I feel like I just did a combination there of Rusty's voice and Ian's voice. You did. I, yeah. did, okay. I didn't mean Rusty to have a southern accent too, but okay. whatever, we're going to roll with it. Okay. So he gives you gives all three of you a nod and he walks out of the room. Wait, so, wait, wait. Yeah? Why do we have to wait down here? Well, so it's this is a secure area. And he wanted us away from the other people. Ian's he got, Ian, yeah, Ian's got some questions for you. Because, I mean, you just appeared out of nowhere and that's... Uh, Mysterious and uh, thought-provoking, I guess. All I'm right? Ian will be with you in a couple minutes. I'm going to be I'm a wizard. Thanks, Rusty. All right, so you, you guys have a couple of minutes available if you want to converse. And... I want to do a perception check. Okay, go for it. I got the 15. The The room is, there's really nothing remarkable about the room but that I you're in. But I want to see something like if there's anything written on the wall. There, there's not anything that's written on the walls, but the stonework here is different than the ancient ruins that we were in with Jed. It's you get the feeling that these are completely different ruins compared to the ones that we were at before. And you hear some talking and footsteps. So you there's you don't have much more time to converse with each other if there's anything that, that you'd like to talk about or bounce off of each other. But I just yell hello So Ian does show up at the at the entrance to this room. I kind of want to just kind of fast forward over this part because he's, he's just going to have a lot of questions for you. And he's, his request is basically just tell me everything. And so I guess my question for the three of you is, do you actually tell him everything? Like all the way back to meeting up uh, in the forest, fighting the kobolds, getting yeah. the last man. I think that, that's what Dave wants to do as well. Okay. But being a servant of Mishikal, Dave is uh, he's an honest halfling. Ian. Start, or Ian, we start from the from the beginning when we all met up 
No, uh, we are talking about when I came upon them fighting those kobolds. No, but this is what I'm talking about. How I've been born. So (laughs) you start. You really go back to the beginning. I remember the first time I took steps. The first time I ate pancakes. Well, 75 um. years and 10 months ago, my mother and father had a night of magical wonder. So this was just like a vomit of information that you all do. Is is could, could I could I describe it that way? If, okay. <laughs> so I'm taking you by jokingly saying that you start from the very beginning about when you were conceived and born and all that, that it's just like, you you don't leave out any details. Nope. Like anything that's happened over the last couple of days, you just spit it out to him. And he looks at you unblinking with his mouth slightly open. I'm going to say th- this took a couple of hours to get through all of this with, with Ian. Because I told about my eight-year-old life. Well, no, there was just a lot of detail and a lot of story to tell. So, his mouth is a little open. He's staring blankly at the three of you. And he says, all right. So, you just left your friend behind the die. No, he did that. He told us to go. He held them up so that we could get away. How do you feel about that? I feel really very... crappy. Yeah, I feel... Like I want to so. do something to him. <clears throat> but... You probably want to get back to him, which stinks because... Uh, you are you the three of you are very very far away from Westman right now. We are. We're we're in we're in the mountains of the Red Forge Kingdom. Now my mouth is hanging open. So you you would know these because these are. Oh, so, I knew this. I knew this. It's a little bit of a geography lesson for for this world. So where we were at, we were on the eastern side of the continent, and for oh, Dave to get to we're Westman. Because <laughs> I said geography lesson. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, for Dave to get to you, he had to travel through the um, uh, the 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 Midwest area where the uh, halflings are, and he had to cross over the <clears throat> a set of mountains where the hill dwarves are, and then he had to pass through the uh, through the forested area on the eastern side of that, and then he got to Westman and met up with the two of you. I studied a right? lot of geography when I was in wizard school. Sure, sure, why not? So, yeah, past fine. all that, to the west, beyond halfling country, is when we start getting into prairie, desert, and then finally the mountain kingdom of uh, the, the Red Forge Dwarven Mountain Kingdom. You guys are literally thousands of miles away from where you were. Oh, that is crazy. That's crazy. So you have I no. Go back. You have no idea how you got here. No I want to go back home. We got on this platform and then. Where? Where were? So okay. So you were in these. We were in some underground tunnels. There was some really old, ancient vampire locked up in a room yeah. that we were told not to even make eye contact with. So weird. So, so this this friend Jed of but yours. But you can see, you can see it. He he told you about a prophecy about the three of you to save the world or destroy it unless he helped you. Is yes. that right? Yes. Hmm. You still got that dragon tooth? Yep. I'm, did I have it? Yeah, it was the yeah, the, the, the rod of dragon for you. Yeah, you still got it. Yes. I, I and I still got my pillow. That's good. That's I'm good. I'm actually hugging it. And wh- what's with this? And, and who is this this guy character with the that fights with an oar? He's just one of the townsfolk of Westman, but he's uh 
He's handy in a pinch. I'll tell. I'll say that. All right. Besides, we told you everything, so you probably know. <clears throat> Did you ever find out what happened to that that mysterious stranger that was stealing all the stuff from town that you got that dragon tooth from? Uh, no, we found his middleman, but we never found uh, we never found the thief thief himself. He just disappeared on Are it. Are you yeah. him? I don't see any reason to keep you in this room anymore because uh, you seem like okay, folks. Um, so, so sorry to put you all through this. Um, any questions for me? That um, I want to know. Like, um, so, like, where are you people from? We're from all over the place. But, uh, you know, but we come together for a common cause. Which is? We're, we're here to fight evil, my friend. In these, we're, and we're in some sort of ruins right now in the Red Forge Mountains? Well, these, these are some new ruins that, that we came across <laughs> recently. The, uh, the King Alec gave us permission to explore a little bit more around in this area. Cause and who's I King take it Alec? that's the Dwarven King. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you would you would know that name. That's what, that was yeah. an aside as a as a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Dave would totally know who who Alec is. His name is Alec Fireforge, so he'd be King Fireforge, and he is the king of the the Red Forge the dwarves. Red Forge Kingdom Kingdom, which is a kingdom of dwarves. <clears throat> so the the dwarves hold domain over um, almost the entire mountain range and a lot of the desert. So yeah, so there's there's your geography lesson overview that's there. So um, but I have another question. And Ian is a human, you said. Ian is a human. But there are el- humans, dwarves, and elves in this group. Correct, and gnomes. And gnomes. So Ian's group that he's with right now is, is just an exploratory, um, smaller group. There's they have a larger contingent that's at their um at their home base. I have a question. Yeah. Well, t- for Ian. Sure. Um, is there any area where we can camp for the night? I don't see why you can't camp with us. Um, and is there any food place somewhere? We we've got we've got provisions. We can we can serve you some food and serve you some drink if you if you're we'll thirsty. Oh, Oh, that that you don't have to, but that we'd be much obliged. I don't have money with me, so they're paying. Oh, you do. <laughs> Cheapskate. You have gold. So I ho- I hope you don't mind, but it's uh. So we've got some context. We're going to be sending some birds. I just we just want to get a little bit more information, see if we can corroborate any more of of your story and what's going on. Because because if if what you say is true, and I don't have any reason not to believe you, that means we've got a big freaking black dragon that's flying around, causing all kinds of trouble for for everyone. And that's something that we're going to have to deal with at some point. But we've got some problems locally here as well. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to assign you a chaperone of sorts. Um, and what? but she could show you around. She'll uh, introduce you to to the boys and girls. And, oh, and uh, I have another question. Sure. Is there a certain? It's about the camp thing. Um, is there a certain area where we can't like set up a tent or something? Oh, so we are in. So you could go outside. Um, right now, we are in some stone ruins right now. So you wouldn't need to set up a tent. Oh, so like sleeping bag. Yeah. So you could just roll out your your bedroll. So Ian, Ian does tell you that he doesn't suggest oh, no, um, you trying to camp outside if you don't feel comfortable bedding down with the rest of the boys. Um, but there's creatures that are out there that roam in the night in the desert and the mountains, and it's just not the safest place to be to be alone. So he suggests that you stay in the ruins and stay close to to their camp. These these ruins we we just discovered, and uh, so part of the, part of our mission in fighting evil is that we're trying to find old old relics, old technology from the ancients and the old ones to help us be better prepared to fight that evil. Because uh, 
we think that there's we've got evidence that there's been a swelling of evil that's just spreading across the world right now and this this black dragon that you tell us about the vampires that you encountered this is we're getting reports like that from all over the world that there are big big nasties that are seemingly coming out of nowhere and causing all kinds of problems so we're we're doing our best to see uh, what we can do about that um but that's why that's why we're here we're trying to find Have you what defeated we can. anything yet we uh well no not yet but we're new. We're new. We we just got together, and so we're we're recruiting. We're getting our resources together. We're making contacts, and uh, we're doing what we can. We we call ourselves the uh, we call ourselves the Musketeers because uh, the the Tinker Gnomes from down south they came up with what they call muskets, and they've been pretty effective weapons. And so we like the name. Do you need a quarter staff or anything? I want everyone to roll a perception check. Galaxy made, was the only one that made her roll on that perception. So, Galaxy. Yeah. <clears throat> Ian waves for a woman that walks in. And when he does that, his arm comes out from underneath of the, the coat that he's wearing. And you notice that there seems to be some metal that's embedded into his arm. That's all. So, this woman, this woman comes forward and Ian introduces her. Everybody, this is, uh, this is, this is Betha Stormwind. She's going to be your... Uh, your tour guide of sorts. She'll show you around. You can meet the boys and girls, and uh, yeah, she'll get Find you. Find her camp. And nice to meet you, Beth. Yeah. And get a bite. It's like, hey, I'm Dave. Hey, guys. Nice hey. to meet you. <clears throat> so, what what would the three of you like to do first? Um. Well, can you show us to any place that we can get a bite? Sure. Follow me. We got tacos. <gasps> do you have- Wait, what's in the tacos? The cheese. Tomatoes, lettuce, ground beef. Mm. Our chef is amazing. <laughs> is it hard or soft or both? It's oh oh soft soft taco shells. Ah, uh, jeez. <laughs> okay, so. So you get some tacos. You get some ale. Do you have any chips? Um, they they don't have any chips, but they've got like some some hard bread that is. Now that's Fairly some crunchy. Chi- I would like some chips. They don't have any chips. Yes, do you, do you do. have a spell that say, bring me chips? Yeah. <laughs> that would be a pretty convenient spell. I'd use that spell. Bring me chips. Bring me chips. Chips just appear. Or someone runs out <laughs> as fast as they can to the closest place to, to it's purchase a can chips. Trip. It's a cantrip. <laughs> it's not a can- That's a powerful spell. That can't be a cantrip. <laughs> it has to be a cantrip. <laughs> Give me chips. So uh, can you show us some... Like, can you show us some people around here? Sure. So you you guys met. Okay, so you know Ian. Um, you so Betha, she's the one that's showing you around. You met um, you met Rusty. He's the 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 dwarf that originally brought you back here. Um, and the other person that you meet, um, his name is Alvin, but everyone calls him Blondie for some reason. <laughs> and he's not blonde. Yeah, and and he's he's a tinker gnome. Um, and he's he's fiddling around with um, with a musket um, when he comes up, and he's he's super stoked to meet all of you guys. He's like, "Hey guys, hey, how's it going? Hey, have you seen one of these before? This is a musket. It's my latest design. It works really, really good. It makes a loud noise, lots of flash. It's fantastic. Do you want one? I'll make you one. Come back in a couple of days, and I'll make you another one. What do you think?" And he gets distracted and starts working on something else. And Betha is like, "That's that's Blondie." <laughs> so. Um, He'll do most of the talking, um, um, but lots of information. 
Lots of information. You just got to keep up. But I have yeah. a question. Why do people call him Blondie? I, it's kind of like calling a big guy tiny, I guess. You meet a bunch of other people. Everyone's super nice. Um, and Except. Except for the villain named Shady McShadester. No, I'm kidding. Shady McJerkface. <laughs> Shady McJerkface. She shows you around the little bit of the ruins that they've explored so far, um, which isn't much. They've only gone in a couple of rooms. And she says, you know, down that hallway, down that hallway leads into the rest of the ruins of the that we haven't gotten to yet. So be careful if you're going to be going wandering around without anyone because there's we don't know what's down there. I'm cool just chilling here until Ian tells us we're ready to go. But eventually, we'll make our way in there and probably spend a couple of days here, and then we'll head back to back to home home base. Where's home base? Further up, further north up uh, in the mountains. So I'm setting up my sleeping bag and ready to sleep. So fast forward, you guys meet everybody, you make camp, and everyone's making making their beds for for the nights and they are going to set centuries i'm going to go around and offer to give blessings to anyone who wants the blessing of mishikala and then i'm just going to do a watch with our group sure they, they could be one of the things that happened during the day that you're sure. able to give, okay. yeah, it already happened. do a sermon I think jed's dead <clears throat> why would you bring that up now i know but does that make you sad yeah. but you got to have hope that he's alive you can't give up on him do you think jed would give up on you Maybe. you know what and he's tough i won't believe he's dead until i see a body so then you, you all go to sleep? Okay. You wake up the next morning. Dave, I want you to roll a perception check. Okay. Why do he? No, Dave, not Galaxy. I got a 17. Just Dave. Nine. You got a nine? Okay. I'm getting the worst roll so far. I got 21. Was it just a nine? or did... It was seven plus two. Okay. All right. So that's when you hear Rusty screaming. Well, not screaming, but he's yelling. He's he's talking about thieves in the middle of the night. And he starts yelling. He's making a ruckus, and he's getting everybody's attention that's in the camp. He's like, so, someone snuck in a camp last night and took my stuff. Who is it? And he starts, he starts accusing people. He starts yelling at people, and everyone's shaking their heads. They're shrugging. They have no idea you know, what he's talking about. And then that's when his eyes land on Dave. And he points at you, and he goes, You! You're the you three. You're the new ones here. I bet you took it. We didn't do. I am a priest hard. of Mishikal, sir. And if you are calling me a thief, that's not just an insult against me. It's an insult against my order and my goddess. So, uh, and then I want to use Back thaumaturgy. Off. Then I want to use thaumaturgy. Okay. And make my voice like deep and like louder, and be like, so I would think very carefully about your next words. You want to roll intimidation? He's not, he's not that intimidated. Okay. But it was impressive. It was, yeah, you know, it was, it was dramatic. more an expression of my anger. Right. And, and so an he seems to get, un- so he keeps, you know, rallying along, along this, saying he's like, we never had any problems with anything ever being taken. And it just so happens when these three new people that appeared out of nowhere suddenly show up, now there's things that are missing. So Ian comes out and he starts trying to calm Rusty down. He starts talking with other folks and... And they, they work it out with them, and Ian comes over to, to you, Dave. He says, Dave, uh, man, I'm, I'm really sorry about this. Can, can we just 
check your bag. So I've got nothing to hide. Feel free. He opens up the bag, and there is a there is a very fancy dagger that's inside your bag that you've never seen before, and it's gold and jeweled. I mean, I'm shocked. And Rusty's like, "There it is. There's my dagger. I knew it. You little thief. I did not take that dagger. Somebody Someone put, put that it there. in there. I Some- slept the night through. Calm down, Rusty. Gives him the dagger back. We don't know what's going on here. What? They have no reason to be stealing your dagger. And we've got, this is a priest of Mishakal that's here. That, <clears throat> uh, you know about the maces, right? And Rusty's like, yeah, so? It's like, you know what he had to go through to get one of these, right? Yeah, so? And that goes back and forth a couple of times. And it's just like, he's not, he's a not A liar and a thief could not become a priest of Mishakal, Rusty. <laughs> I'm beginning to lose my patience. And he's just, Rusty is just being an obstinate dwarf. Um, he's just he's just being stubborn. But, but Ian seems to be pretty satisfied that there's this is you're beyond reproach with this. Um, so, but yeah, uh, Rusty he he goes off in a huff. So that, that, and that's that's the end of that interaction. Everybody goes back to what they were doing with the the mornings, getting breakfast and, and coffee ready and all that. Um, so they start getting groups together and you haven't seen Rusty since that, since that encounter. And they're starting to get groups together, sending people outside, still, um, surveying and, and, and looking around the, the, the outside of the ruins. And they're about to get uh, parties together to go inside the ruins. They get sent in and almost immediately there's screaming that comes from, from the hallway that they, that they ran down and they, the group comes running back. It's Rusty. He's they've got Rusty's body with them, and he's dead. Who's they? The 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 the, the group of musketeers that oh. they they sent into to the ruins to gotcha. to do their preliminary okay. yep. searching, got it. Got it. and they so come, they came back out with a dead Rusty. They, they came back out with with a dead Rusty. Oh, is it that monster? Yeah. What does he look? Yeah, can you, you know tell how he died? Is he like mangled, or does he have any wounds? Um, it it looks like it was like like blunt force trauma to the back of his head. So everyone's in an uproar now, and people are getting there's heated conversations. Oh, so so to be clear, the people that went into the ruins, they didn't have Rusty with them when they went in. You don't know what happened to Rusty during the day. That's when right, they, he disappeared. He disappeared. And when that group went into the ruins, they found, they found his body in gotcha. there. Betha, your sort of chaperone, chaperone, and yeah, and she yeah she speaks up on your behalf. She's like, I've been with them the entire time. And it's like I can account for all, th- I can account for all three of them. The entire day. And Thank Ian, you, Betha. And he nods. He's like, okay. I think we might. it's a good idea for us to go because if there's, when we wake up, if there's any more weird things, we don't really want to. It's going to get blamed on us. Or we could keep our own watch tonight. Last night, we all just went to sleep. But tonight, we could take turns watching out for each other to make sure that no weird stuff happens again. Ian has suspended any more parties going into the ruins for for the day um he wants to calm things down a little bit um they want to get rusty's body prepared um and give him the last rites that they that they would normally do for for a lost person of the musketeers and i imagine that the three of you probably help out in any way that you can around around the campsite i'll be i would definitely offer my services in the funeral rites being a priest okay Normal day stuff of them going through like training and cleaning and you know taking care of their weapons and chopping wood and getting the supplies ready and and they they're doing their planning for the next day because they're gonna try and go back into the ruins. Yeah. So nighttime comes around. 
So what do you guys want to do this time? Is like, do you do you keep watch? You want to keep watch? And I'll I take the middle keep watch because that's the hardest watch to take. I'll do keep watch too. All right, so you're gonna do watch. Dave is gonna do the middle one. Who wants to be the first person on watch? I'll be. Okay, Mimi is gonna be first. And, and Galaxy, Galaxy will go you're, third. Gonna, you're gonna take the last leg. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna last. So Mimi, everyone goes goes to sleep and is getting towards. Everything's quiet. Just a little bit of wind that you can hear outside. And in the distance, you actually, you can even hear a coyote howling out in the distance. And it's starting to get towards the end of your watch. And just about when you're going to wake Dave up for his turn, that's when you see someone, you see a, you see a figure that moves down the hallway towards the ruins. You can't see who it is, but someone's definitely is, is, is up and about right now. I kind of back up a little, and then I kind of, like, with my foot, I kind of, like... Oh, so you kick him? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Both of you guys... Yeah, both of you roll perceptive checks again with advantage. So roll it twice and pick the higher of the two numbers. Five and 13. Five and 13? I got a 17 that time. Yeah, 17. Okay, so Dave wakes up. But Galaxy's just... <laughs> <laughs> I think I found the person who killed Rusty. I'm going to use Thaumaturgy again. Okay. And I'm going to make the ground shake. So I start shaking the ground and then it's just really loud voice. Everybody on your feet. Wake up now. 21. I got 21. For what? What were you rolling? Perception <laughs> okay, you wake up now. <laughs> After the, it feels like an earthquake is happening and this booming voice. Alarm! Dan- alarm! <laughs> wake up now! <laughs> danger! Danger, Will Robinson! And then I'm going to run over to Ian as he's waking up. Okay. And say, Mimi and I just saw someone disappear down that around that corner down that hallway. Okay. Da-da-da. And he's, he, he rouses the troops. He's like, boys, everybody up! Everybody up! Get your weapons! Ian says, all right, I, I need volunteers. Who's going to be going in? All right, three of you. All right, and so there's three more uh, musketeers that volunteer to, to go with you. And Ian leads the way. He's like, all right, all right, boys, come with me. Let's, let's And girls. And, all right, boys and girls, let's go get this jerk. And I've got my hilariously big mace just sort of hefted on my shoulder. We've, we, we haven't established in the, sh- in the show yet. Um, as canon of how big the mace is because the so yeah Matt and I were talking before we started recording that as a halfling um, this mace that he wields would be almost the size of him yeah, because I'm three feet tall and it would be at least it would be like two to two and a half feet probably like you said right right and so yeah so this is a mace that was designed for humans that he's wielding so this thing is gigantic in in Dave's hands yeah so you run down so everyone, yeah, charges after you. Um, everyone in the campsite is awake and getting dressed, getting their armor, getting their weapons ready, and um, just being alert while uh, the three of you and Betha and Ian and three other musketeers all go charging down the hallway after this figure. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody be quiet. And, and you charge forward, go down the stairs, turn the hall. Uh, you turn the corner of the stairs and you come to a wooden door um, that's been smashed down. So it was, it does look like it got smashed down just relatively recently. There's a monster it's that's pink. in this room. It's pink. It's pink. 
Right, so, th so this creature appears to be um, a gigantic mound of flesh and mouths and teeth oh. and claws. And as soon as you turn the corner and you see this creature, all the mouths turn towards you and open and there's this cacophony of voices of screams of conversations of moans of pleasure of pain it is this it that is his mouth right of all of the tons, dozens of mouths yeah the dozens of mouths are all over this fleshy slimy bloody creature and it is it is the worst noise that you've ever heard in your life so this is when the three of you I notice that everyone else but the three of you is frozen in terror looking at this thing. Everyone is just wide-eyed, not moving, mouths open as they stare at this thing. So whatever it's the three of you surmise that this creature, whatever it's doing, whatever it's screaming or whatever it's yelling, the conversations, the moans that are coming out of its mouth is having some sort of an effect on everybody else except for the three of you. Interesting. Interesting, especially because we're also immune to dragon fear. And it lurches towards you, and it lurches towards you in the most disgusting way. Like, it's a wave of flesh that slams some of the mouths down onto the ground, and the teeth latch onto the ground and pull it forward towards you. And it leaves blood and pus and slime in its wake. So broken shards of tooth, I would imagine. Alright, so it's it's in the middle of the room, so bit so it's still like twenty-five feet away from you. So let's do initiative. I got a five. I got a seven. It's I don't think it's one of these skills. It's on the very top. Yeah, it's at the very top. Armor class and speed. Nice. Oh yeah, so I got a seven. Gonna be a gonna be a pro at this, Sam. Seven. Fifteen. So Galaxy, you are first. Burning Hands. That one ruined a slime because. All right, so for for Burning Hands, Burning Hands has a fifteen foot range on it. So you do you would need to run into the room a little ways, but then you could use Burning Hands on it. Okay. So that's that's all. You'd still be. Does it hit automatic? Um, no, you. Um, it does actually get a dexterity saving throw, but um, dexterity is definitely Wait, not what this creature strong. Uh, magic missile. I think is the only spell of yours that hits automatically. Oh, jeez. But burning, but if you want to do burning hands, I think that that's your most powerful spell right yeah. now. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, and this creature did not make its saving throw. She got thirteen. She got thirteen. Okay, Galaxy, you run into the room and raise your hands out in gouts of flame. Actually, you you've so got your uh, wand of the war mage in one hand. And you've got your hand open with the other one, and you point those both at the creature, and gouts of flame shoot out of your hands. A lot of flames. A lot of flames. A lot of flames. Yeah. And it's all the mouths scream out in pain, and it's. You thought the noise before was bad of all the, all the mouths doing the screaming and talking, all that. This is ten times as worse. <laughs> and the only thing keeping you from covering your ears is because there's flame coming out of your your hands right now. Ow. <laughs> All right, so Mimi, you're up in the attack now. So what are you going to do? I'm doing my claws first. Oh, okay. So you turn into a bear. So I'm you charge. Do I do my twenty sider? Yep. You charge. So you charge forward, turn into a bear, and you're gonna do your claws. Tw natural twenty. You got a twenty. Oh, do you know what that means? That means you get to do double damage. So what's the damage for your claws? Two d six plus five slashing. 
two d six plus five. Plus attack plus six. So you roll. So now roll four d six plus five. Not plus ten. So do mm-hmm. I, what's a four d six? So roll. Um, four d. Yeah. The, yeah. Roll the, the six siders. You need four cubes. I only have three. Yeah. So then you're gonna have to roll uh, one more on top of it. Yeah. So like roll three and then roll one. I got a five, two, and a four. Oh, was that equal? That equals eleven. Okay. Now Good roll job. one more. Oh, just one. Just one more. Three. I got fifteen. So fifteen total. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, nice. so that was your clause. So that was, but then it's fifteen plus five, right? Oh yes. So twenty total. Okay. Yeah. Now roll your bite. Okay, I roll it, girl. Where did? Okay. Yep. Twenty cider again. Eighteen. Eighteen. That is a hit. Roll the damage for that. Cause be- oh, I did terrible. Bears are I did animal. two. Plus five. So seven damage total. Oh, I did good. I did good. I did good. All right. Um. So both the girls hit this. This mound of flesh hit it hard. Dave, you're up. I am no, trying. I'm gonna shoot it. I think with my crossbow. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I got an eight. You got an eight. I missed by a mile. Probably. Um, not by a mile, but you do miss. <laughs> so it's this creature's turn now. Oh jeez. Um, yeah, this thing is gonna go after after Mimi. Oh dang. <laughs> but I have 34 hit points. Darn right. So this thing gets multi attacks. Uh oh. Damage. All right, so this thing is going to do its... Surprise, surprise, it's got a bite attack with all the mouths that it has. Oh. <laughs> right. So it goes out to bite you and misses. That's it. It only gets a multi-attack if that one actually hits. So, oh, nice. So all of these mouths reach out at once and try <laughs> and get you, and you, you back away real quick in, like. in your bear form. So now, Galaxy, your Don't turn. Don't mess with a bear! <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? Burning hands. All right, so Dix- she's got to sculpt it. Don't mess up. Dexterity Whoa. saving throw. That's um, one of my does, gods. Does not make the dexterity saving throw. So nice. you, so roll the damage. Okay. So and you sculpt the spell so it doesn't hit Mimi. Got seven. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, you shoot out flames again. It sculpts around the big grizzly bear in front of you and all hits this mound of flesh and bone and I teeth. All right, Mimi. This thing is not doing great right now. It's got chunks that got ripped off of it, burned. It's the stench is terrible right now because it's, it's almost all charred right now. And your your claws and bites from it last time took out huge chunks of it and sent blood and matter flying all over the room. Ew. And my teeth are covered with blood. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I'm clean. So I'm brushing my teeth right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going for its bite and. 10 plus 5 equals 15. That's a hit. Roll the damage. Eight. Eight. Okay. Now do your bite attack. Oh, well, then I get 11. So then your bite your bite hits as well. Roll the damage. Okay. So that's D8 plus 5. And I got a 1. Plus. 5 is 6. Okay, Dave, it's your turn. But I backed up quickly so it won't get me. <laughs> Can I? Well, well, you can't move away from it because if you try and move away from it, like try and disengage from it. Oh, yeah, it, it gets an extra It gets hit. an extra attack. So, so Dave, it's your turn, and this thing looks like a stiff breeze would knock it over. Right? Okay. It is so close oh, to die. Can I close the distance and hit it with my mace? Yes. Okay. All right, I got an unnatural 20. Okay, you hit it. Is he almost dead? I do six damage. And it is dead. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I rolled the wrong die. Oh. Uh, yeah. Still six damage. <laughs> <laughs> but I did roll the wrong die. Right. But 
Yeah, way, way to way, way to take the, the wind out of that. <laughs> Sorry, that sail of <laughs> <laughs> still dead. <laughs> so, but for, so for future reference, this creature that we were fighting, this was called a gibbering mouther. Now, the interesting thing that's going to happen here now is that everyone that was with you, um, they're still back in the hallway, and all of them are still frozen. Uh oh. One of them's like. And and it's kind of like a kind of a comatose type of frozen of where like they're they're just standing there with their eyes wide open. They're still breathing and they're they're no they're not blinking, but there's like drool that's running out of their mouths. So, but they do eventually they do come out of it after a couple of minutes. It's like they just some of them start screaming and some of them run back to the back to the campsite. Others like Ian is one of them. He sort of shakes off and just like, what the what what just happened? I want to do a perception check to see if he was guarding anything or something. Like, um, there's like a door behind. There, him. there is another door beyond this room. You don't find anything else. There's nothing to loot off of this dead grotesque thing. But you do notice that the the door leading out of here looks like it did get locked from the other side. So whoever did come down here, they intentionally broke down this door and then locked the other door so that we would have to deal with this creature. Wait, did that creature eat? You don't think so because whoever came into this room was able to get to the other door and lock it from, from the, the other, other side. side yep. So they... for. They were able to bypass this creature somehow and got through the door and locked the creature into this room so that we would have to deal with it. And Ian says, all right, I've had enough of this horse crap. This is where I conveniently switch out the swear words to make it family friendly. Yay! <laughs> Finally! Boys, we're camping. We're, we're breaking camp. We're, we're getting out of this place. I've, I've had enough of this. Let's, let's, let's head back to Olympus. So Olympus, that's the, the if it didn't come up in conversations before, that's that's the name of their of their home base. I think they would have told us because we asked. Right, right. It just it just didn't come out in the conversation. Right, right. And uh, he looks at the three of you and he says, you know, it's uh, you know, the three of you, from what we've seen, come in real handy in a pickle and a fight, and we would all be dead men if you weren't here. I don't know what the heck that thing was or what happened to us, but thank you, thank you very much. Um, we don't even know what it was. Um, I need, can I talk to Dave Galaxy privately just for a couple, like for a couple of sex? Oh yeah, sure. Take take all the time you need. We'll uh, we'll head back to to camp and just join us when you're ready. Um, so I think should we go back to Westman or should we come to their town? Well, Westman. we're thousands of miles from Westman, so I'm not really sure how we're gonna get back there at this point. So. Uh, I think we should go to their town. I agree. Okay. Can um, we gather all our stuff? Yeah. Of course. I um, need my pillow. Have, so, where is Ian? Ian? Like, where is he right now? Did Ian? He, oh, yeah. He he took his uh, his uh, troops with him back to the campsite, which is not far away, because you got to remember, from the, camp, the room that we were in that they made camp, we just went down a hallway and down some stairs. So we're and not far. And from so him. it's still the middle of the night right now. Right. Too, so. Right. But Ian, it's like he's he was adamant. It's like, yeah, we're getting out of this place. This is this place he has been nothing but right trouble now in the middle of the night. Yes. 
He's like he's dangerous. He doesn't want to have anything else to do with this place. Okay. So so I come so we come out of there and I tell him we are coming with you back to your town. No, oh, that's great. Glad glad to have you with us. Can't can't wait to show you around Olympus. It's you're gonna love it. Is I'm, anyone from your group missing, Ian? Just Rusty. Okay. Just curious because whoever that person was that we saw. Who sicked that gibbering monkey or no, whatever that, that, it was on us? He's like, well, that, that's a that's a good idea. He's like, we'll we'll do a quick roll call before we head out, and you do it. And yeah, nobody else was missing. It was just it was just Rusty. And I'm really curious how Rusty how Rusty died. So yeah, so it looked like he just got bashed in yeah, the back of the head. Bashed. Someone snuck up behind him and then just just yep. hit him in the head really really hard. <clears throat> Throughout the troops, you do hear. Folks whispering and and rumoring about how this this place is just cursed, and we never should have came here. And they're supporting the decision of Ian to to get us out of here as as quickly as possible. So we pack up and then we're off to go to this town. Well, what about Jed? We don't know how we can get back to Jed. He's thousands of miles away. He is. Yeah, yeah. You're thousands of miles away from Jed. How? We don't. Well, that platform we got on somehow this, transported us. Yeah, this platform and that flash of light transported you to this room, this new room to like with the other, other people. Side of the continent, to, yeah, to the other side of the continent. So we'll never see him again. Ian did mention that they do have, they do have some griffins. What's griffins? Um, they've got a couple of trained griffins and and riders that they could potentially. Oh, a griffin, is a it's a magical creature that's half lion, half eagle yeah it's got the it's got the body of a lion but then its front legs are like like eagle legs with the talons and then it's got the head and chest of an eagle and then the torso and the back and it has wings and and it has the back legs and body of a lion and they're really big they're big enough they're they're huge they're bigger they're bigger than horses so you could potentially put a saddle on them and ride them you guys expressing concern about how are you going to get back to jed how are you going to be able to get back home how are we how are we and let's well let's get back to olympus we got a couple of different options if uh if any of our griffin riders get back we may be able to get you back there um within a couple of days um other than that we've got there's wagon trails that we got that are going east all the time you may be able to hitch a ride with them but that will take weeks to get back we just don't have an instantaneous transporter available. I've never seen anything like that before, but uh, we'll we'll do what we can to to get you home as fast as we can. Because again, very grateful for for what you did back there for for me and my men. So that we're out of the place and we're walking back. Yeah, middle of the night. You pack up all your stuff with torches, and everyone's got their weapons. No, in I'm hands. doing I'm doing dancing lights so everyone can see. That's a great idea. Great idea. So yeah, you light the way. You march out of this this cursed ruined of where I can you carry came someone. In. You're gonna carry someone. Yeah. What with mage hand? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> find a baby to carry. Find a baby to steal. No, I did not steal yeah, a baby. I remember, that. I remember that. I want to find someone with a baby. So yeah. yeah, you guys leave behind the the ruins and the transporter and the yeah the last place that that you saw Jed and hopefully you get some some answers and some some help to get you back home 